We're glad you're here with us today on the Christian Ministries Church podcast. We pray God's word speaks to your heart today as Pastor Chapman Laxton shares the word with us. Well, good morning and welcome to church. Uh, if you are listening on podcast or you're here just for the first time, uh, my name is Chapman Laxton. I'm an associate pastor here at Christian Ministries Church, and I'm, and I'm glad that you're with us today. If you're taking notes, uh, my sermon today is titled, All Hat. All Hat. Uh, and and for, for, those, for those of you that, that have never heard this before, I've, I've whittled down this, this saying from, from the full version, which is to say, it's, it's an old-fashioned way of talking smack. And, uh, and to say someone is all hat and no cattle. Okay, that's kind of the whole, the, the whole, the whole thing. All hat and no cattle. And, and if you're like, I I've never heard that before, or I don't, like, what does that mean? Uh, I wanted to give, give the definition. If someone says that you're all hat and no cattle, what they're saying is you're a person who is all talk, no action, no power, or no substance behind his or her words. And, uh, and I know that we've all met people that live like this, trying to impress, trying to maintain, trying to live like they've all got it going on, and, uh, and in the reality is they're, they're really just all hat and, and no cattle. You know, um, I, uh, we, we can sometimes do this, and, and I've, got a, I've got a prop today that I bought. You know, we, we sometimes can get in a, in a stance where we want to, uh, we think we know that once we put on a, put on a hat, that... <laughs> That we're going to look a certain way. And, uh, you know, in your mind you're thinking, okay, if I do this, I, you know, I'm thinking like Clint Eastwood or, you know, or, or John Wayne or, or Matt Dillon. And you, man, you know, you, you, put on, you put on your hat, you put on your thing, and, you're, and you've, got this, you've got this image in your mind about what it's going to produce for everyone around you just by you, you know. When in reality, it just makes you look like a big goober. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know if you guys have seen them, but they sell, they sell jeans. You know, they used to be, when I was growing up, you got made fun of for having rips in your jeans because you was too poor to get them fixed. But now it's cool. Well, now we've gone beyond just having rips in the jeans being fashionable. Now, have you guys seen where they've got pre-mudded jeans that you can buy? Not a joke. Not a joke, they, 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 are, they are literally stained on the front of the jeans to give off the perception of what? That you work. <laughs> now hear me, hear me. When we walk around... The perception is... This hat means something. This hat means I'm a person of, of substance. This should give off a vibe that I'm... Okay, i got to take this off because I feel like I'm distracting y'all. Y'all got that point. I'll, I'll probably get it out again. But, but here's the deal. We, we, we're, we live in such a way that we're trying to give off... So now, I gotta, now it's going to bother me. I think my hair's all jacked up. 
We live in such a way sometimes that we are more concerned with our perception and we try to maintain our perception to people instead of our reality. Our reality is we're, we're, we're all hat. We've got no cattle, nothing to show for it. And, and I, and I want to be really careful because I don't want, I'm not trying to call out the church. My, my goal this morning is not to call out the church, rather to defend the church from a very tempting, very easy life. It's easy for me to pick this hat up and put it on. It's a lot harder to maintain a lifestyle. Y'all with me? It's a lot easier to, to, to put on a hat and to put on a persona. If you've ever watched a John Wayne movie, Clint Eastwood movie, do you ever look at the rings around the hats that those guys wear? There'll be what? Sweat stains? Dirt. Do you know that they didn't wear those hats and get them sweaty like that? Somebody went in with the intent of, because they knew what it would produce when people, John Wayne can't put on a, a fresh, clean hat that'll make it look like he's not wore it before. <laughs> good crowd today. <laughs> Everything's good. <laughs> hot crowd, hot crowd. But, <laughs> sorry. But, but, they, but somebody went in with the intent of airbrushing that sweat stain on there Breaking in that hat, putting the dirt on it, putting on, because the whole idea was this will make these guys look like, y'all with me? And that's us. See, I'm trying to defend the church against this kind of thinking. We should be desiring a lifestyle, not a persona, that shows complete submission for God in all three parts of his being. But instead, there's a pervasive lifestyle in our culture that has seeped over into, and to try to develop a religion that props up a little G God, a little J Jesus, and not the Holy Spirit, but a Jezebel spirit. See, what it really is is just about giving lip service, putting on a hat, putting on a persona, because I, we've got to get this point across that lip service is not going to cut it if we're really going to be who we say we're going to be. Look, we can pretend for two hours. John Wayne can pretend. Clint Eastwood can pretend to be uh, for two hours. But if we're really going to be all that we say that we want to be, it's going to require more than just us putting on a hat to play the part for a little while. Hear me, hear me, hear me. There's a difference between faking it till you make it. Sometimes we've got to do that. Sometimes we've got to pretend, okay, I know I'm not happy right now. I know on the inside I'm boiling, but I've got to pretend like, because I, can't, I can't explode right now. We've got, sometimes we've got to fake it till we make it. There's a difference between faking it till we make it and faking it like you've made it. There's a, big, there's a giant difference. There's a giant difference. And, and we've got to get to a point where the, the hat that we're trying to wear isn't greater than the sword that we're trying to fight off the enemy with. Bring it on. You're just looking like a goober. He, hear me, hear me. 
you have a family, you cannot be all hat. You're trying to maintain a marriage, you cannot be all hat. You're trying to get your life back in order after a mistake, you cannot be all hat. You, you can't ever get that person to want to marry you. You can't ever get your job to get any better. You'll never get promoted. You'll never, if you're going to be all hat, you just might as well just pack it in. Because it's not going to produce. You're never going to be all that God has called you to be trying to pretend to be like you already are it. Three places in the Bible, and, and, it, and this really is what sparked this in me. I was reading in Ezekiel 33. This is the first one that I read, and I, I just thought, okay, I've got to preach on this. Ezekiel 33, verse 31 says, my people come to you as they usually do and sit before you to hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. Hey, listen, America, America Church, th this has been going on long before us. This has been going on way long before us. But they do not put them into practice. Their mouths speak of love, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Indeed to them... You are nothing more than one who sings songs, who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well, for they hear your words and don't put them into practice. Have we come to a place where our experience of sitting under the word, this, this shook me. Boy, that speaker was real entertaining, wasn't Oh my gosh, wasn't that just so? I love the the music this morning. I loved, okay, yeah, but what are you going to go do with it? No, all this does is give us ammo for me to, okay, now I really can, oh, geez, I put my pocket knife in there. All it does is just add to our, is, it, is the word that you're sitting under just adding to your, your persona? Isaiah 29, 13 says, and so the Lord says, these people are, say they're mine. Hands tell me to take it off. <laughs> they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And their worship of me is nothing but man-made rules learned by rote. Is our worship of God just what we've invented it to be? Okay, the songs are playing, so now we all stand. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. Or, boy, if we don't have flags running up here, we're not really worshiping God. Is it, what, are, we, are we just developing our worship to be whatever makes us, Matthew 15, 8, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. See, Christ has called us to live a lifestyle that is worthy of the call that we've received. He's our leader our conquering hero, and it changes our perspective. It changes our perspective and gives us a glimpse into just who he is and how we are to worship him through service. See, we ought to be walking out our salvation with fear and trembling, like it says in Philippians 2. See, God has called us to be more than just all hat. We've not been bought with the blood, born again to be sons and daughters, given the, the spirit of God that was kept in the temple and now placed on the inside of each of one of us just so we could 
for two hours, sit in an air-conditioned building. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Oh, guess what? I'm doing great. And then leave here and never apply what we've learned When we start legitimizing a religion that's void of reverence for God's holiness, we will find our lives lacking in power, substance, and authority. See, the little J Jesus that we try to promote in a phony form of Christianity tells us to be more concerned with the blessings around us than the condition of the heart within us. And we miss it because that is easier than, boy, how does this scripture? See, the the little J Jesus and the little G God prop themselves up and say, we ought to make less time for God and more time for the lake. More time for hunting. More time for sport. The woods is my church. Well, let's walk that out. The next time that you're in need of healing, have one of the squirrels come over and lay hands on you. Jill, you probably shouldn't. That's a, sorry, that's, I'm sorry, I didn't even have, I'm I'm sorry. We gotta move on. The next time that you're fighting for your marriage, have the, 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 the buck stop in the field and, and ask him what he thinks you ought to do. No, the power and the authority, we recognize the power and the authority is here, but God, I mean, listen, I get that Jesus Christ only gave his whole life for the church, but for me, it's optional. Because Christ would never intend for me to live how he, oh, it's, just, it's easier it's easier. It's just a false religion. It's false God. It's false doctrine. It's not true. It's, it's an attempt to let something seep in that's very tempting because it's very easy. See, the abundant life, and I want to make sure that I get this across as well, the abundant life that God has called us to is a good life. I don't make any attempt to try to shield us from the truth of that passage of Scripture. Whenever Christ says, I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly, please understand, he meant that literally. He wasn't saying, it's going to be a good life, more abundant life. It's the thief who comes to steal and kill, but I want you to have a terrible time. No, no, God... God wants us to have an abundant life. But I think that the abundant life is more than just the white picket fence dream, the sipping on the front porch with our coffee and our, and our tea and our lemonade that we think it is. And hear me, that's a good thing. That's a better thing. God, the, the, the abundant life, the blessing of God is more than just materialistic things, and that's a good thing. It's a great thing. See, it's more than just another game of golf that you can go play. It's more than just another round of basketball 
Another slow-pitch softball game, it's more than a car, it's more than a 65-inch plasma screen TV, it's more than a five-bedroom house, it's more than 40 acres, it's more than a boat, it's more than the lake house, it's more than our vacation, it's more than all of those things. What it is, is it's communion with God and it's service with His people. That's, that's, that's at the core of the abundant life that God wants. It's communion with God, and it's in the service of his people. That's where the abundant life is found. We've got to get that. The abundant life is communion with God. It's fellowship with God. It's every day, and it's not just a religious practice. It's I communion with God. I speak with God on a regular basis. I enjoy relationship. I enjoy being able to tell him my, what's, what's terrifying me right now. I enjoy him getting to give me peace on things. I enjoy not knowing what my next step is. And then I enjoy him revealing to me where I should put my foot. That's communion with God. It's in the service of God's people that I find true placement because that's what Jesus did. Jesus served God's people. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. That's the abundant life. That's the abundant life. Things can come and go. The nicest car you buy is going to break down or need an oil change. It, it doesn't matter that you can go to the lake house and it might rain. See, things can be taken from you. Communion with God and the service to his people cannot. People can try, but they can't take that away from us. That's the abundant life, that we can never be separated from God. That's the abundant life, that you are never separated from God. Neither height nor depth is what the Word says. Doesn't matter where you go, God's love is always there and abundant and able and ready to be found by you. But we've got to accept this and reject this in order to get that, because we get to a place where our own Christs are centered around our lives and what we want to do and when we want to do it and how we want to do it. And then we wonder why, man, this, this Christ stuff, this Christianity stuff just really ain't hitting like it used to. That's because it's built on a belief system based on how big of a hat you can put on. There's no power in that. You're not the magic snowman. And you putting on that hat, now I'm, ooh, yeah, now I'm animated. Now I can, there's no power in that. There's no substance in that. There's nothing that withstands, withholds, with, that, that allows you, that, that has power to loosen. To, there's none of that in that. That's just your own figment of your imagination. The power of God does not deal in how your imagination feels like being today or how you feel like feeling today. There are truths, concrete truths, that we build our lives off of in fear and trembling as we follow up with what God said. James 4, verse 8. Come near to God and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grief, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Put that on a t-shirt. Put that on a t-shirt. 
Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. We, we can't figure out why, okay, I'm acting like everything's great and I'm pretending like everything's awesome and I don't understand why my marriage is still falling apart. I don't understand why, why I'm not walking in power. I don't understand why every single day I'm terrified of what's going on in the world. There's no power in that. You don't have to fake it with God. You don't have to pretend like everything's okay with God. And, and you're replacing true communion, little g, God, little j, Jesus, and Jezebel, Holy Spirit. Don't get sucked into that. Proverbs 1, verse 20. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On the top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. And this is her speech. How long, you who are simple, Love your simple ways. Simple is a really nice way to say dumb. How long will you mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? When are we going to come to the realization that there's no power where God said there's no power? There's no anointing where God said there's no anointing. There's no blessing where God said there's no blessing. Why do we keep running back to and getting sucked into a cheapened, watered-down version of what Christ has called us to? Hebrews 4.12. love this passage. Hebrews 4.12. For the Word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Here's why. Because, boy, when you read the Word and it cuts you to the quick, that doesn't always feel too great. It doesn't feel good. But that separation is necessary. It doesn't always feel good when you're having to do a workout. When you're having to cut off poor eating habits or poor this or poor that. We can make that parallel. Why can we not make the same? But we don't go, oh, nobody ought to work out. I wouldn't recommend that to anybody. Unless you want to live a long life. Why do we treat the word of God different? Do you want to live a long life? Do, do, you, want to, do you want to have peace on this earth? Do you want to walk in power and authority? Then we've got to take the head off that we're pretending under. And let's just be who God's called us to be. Proverbs 20, 11 says, Even children are known by the way they act, whether their conduct is pure and whether it is right. We all in this room, I get it, all the kids are cute and all the kids are great. But we know, we know the children by the way they act. Do you really think that God doesn't know? Who are you trying to impress? Who are you trying to, to get the, the recognition of? A person who one day will die and, and be no more? Or the eternal one of heaven? See, I get it. It's easier to put on a hat than it is to put on the yoke. It's easier to put on the hat than it is to put on the yoke. 
But you've not been called to just put on the hat. You've been called to put on the yoke and go to work. You've been called to do something. To, be, to actually be something, not pretend. And, 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 and us having these roles weren't given to us because we decided we'd fulfill them. This is what God said for us to do. But instead, we're living lives like we think we're all hat. And really, it's not what we're supposed to be. Matthew 25, verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the angels come with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right. I'm going to go do y'all's right. <laughs> and the goats on his left. One day, there will be a separation. And everybody who's been allowed to cohabitate in the same place the goats and the sheep, they've been allowed to eat the same food. They've been allowed to drink the same water. They've been allowed the same opportunity to have the same things. One day there will be a separation externally of what internally has already been apparent to God. See, the goats can't just identify with goats or as, as sheep anymore. I'm going to say that again because I messed it up. <laughs> the goats don't get to identify as sheep anymore. They won't get to. They won't get to. And no matter how big of a hat, oh, sorry, goats don't wear hats. No matter how much weeping and gnashing there is, the goats won't get to associate with the sheep anymore because just as easy it is for anybody who knows the difference between the barn animals to go, that's a sheep and that's a goat, God will say, this one belongs to me and that one does not. One day. And there's not going to be any, well, I identify as this. I, God's not going to care. Because your actions will bear witness to what you believe. Your actions will bear witness to what you believe. Let's not wait till that day. I, I want to let you in, though, on, if you're not there already, what, how, what's the determining factor? What's, Matthew 25 Verse 34. We're going to continue on with this. It says, Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. 
Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison or go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Here, I'm not even going to try to focus on the least of these. I want to focus on what the king says. He says, I truly, I tell you, whatever you did, truly, whatever you did, whatever you did for one of these, whatever you actually did, whatever you actually perceived to be good and then chose to do, this is why you're, you're, part, you're part of my flock. This is why you're, you're a sheep. This is, this is what separates us. I'm not even going to read the goats thing because it's everything they didn't do. It's really easy, guys. It's really easy to put on a hat and to walk around and make this all Christianity is, is what it's supposed to be. It's really easy. And we make it a bigger deal than it is, like, oh, thank you guys for driving in the rain and getting here. And because, you know, rain, it's so hard to get here when it's raining. We'll go sit through a Kansas City Chiefs game, 50,000 people in attendance, and watch a game, but we, we're not going to make it to church because it's optional. It's more than what's going on inside of a building, it's what we're choosing to do in our daily lives based on what we believe. Luke 9.23 says, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. What side do you want to be on? What side do you want to be on? Do you want to be a goat? Do you want to be with the ones that won't get to have the inheritance? Do you want to be on the ones that one day will be picked out of the crowd and go, Hey, you trying to hide back there why don't you just go ahead and step over here you don't belong or do you want to be a part here's what Christ says there's three things that we've got to do that will differentiate us to ourselves because I get it sometimes we get in the mode and, and I have to fight it too we get in that mode where man it's real easy let me I just want to play church today Man, I just really just want to, I really just want to come in. I want to come just have, have a seat, get in, get out, check my box. That's, we have to fight that. And, and, and if you think that it only happens on Sundays, we've got to fight that Monday through Saturday, the rest of the week. We've got to fight. I'm going to play. I'm going to play the part like John Wayne. I'm going to play the part like Clint Eastwood. I'm going to play the part like Matt Dillon. I'm going to play the part. There's three things that we've got to do every single day that allows us to not just say that we are, but to actually be. We're not just playing a cowboy on Sunday. We're not just pretending to be a cowboy when it, when it benefits us. But every day, we're going to be who God's called us to be. There's three things we've got to do. Three things. And it's all lined out right here 
anyone who wants to be my disciple has to do these three things in Luke 9, 23. The process of following Christ and to repel the all-hat-no-cattle-itis from biting us is found in this passage of Scripture. Now hear me, it's just three, I'm, I'm, it's just three things. It doesn't make them easy. But all the work necessary to make it happen for you has already been taken care of. Now we've got to do them. But these three things, the first, denying myself. Denying myself. You have to deny yourself. You, if yourself has been put to death, it doesn't have any more reign over you, or does it? We've got to decide, I'm going to deny what I fleshly want to do, how I feel like acting, how I feel like behaving, and instead choose what wisdom has called out to me and said, how long are you going to keep being dumb? When has that ever worked? You said, I don't ever want to be like my dad because he was this, he was that. Why are you now trying to make that work for you? Because it's just really easy. I'm never going to speak to my kids like that. I'm never going to. Why is it repeating? Because that inner man that you have to put down and put to death, that fleshly, that is, that's something that we've got, all got to fight. Or else we start letting him start having a vote again. We have to deny ourselves. We have to every day make the decision before things happen to deny ourselves. Okay, I know, God, that today there might be, somebody might cut me off. My hamburger might come out with mayonnaise on it after I ask for no mayonnaise. But God, I'm going to deny myself and not make a fool by putting on this big goofy hat Not put the sticker on the back of our car and then go around flipping people off. I'm not going to wear the Hillsong United shirts and use words that ooh, speak in language that's not of angels. Well, y'all with me? See, we've got to decide I'm going to deny myself preemptively on the front end, as Pastor Ashley says. So that on the back end, I'm denying myself. Hold on, hold on. This doesn't make me feel right. Ah, wait a minute. I made a choice earlier. I'm, I'm denying myself today. I'm denying myself today. <laughs> that sounds, it's not that. It, clearly everybody in here knows. It's not that easy. But we have to make that choice. I'm denying, the, the choice is easy. But putting on the yoke is hard. Okay? I'm denying myself. That's the first thing we have to do. The second thing. We have to do. We have to carry our cross. See, now that we've laid our flesh to rest and it has been denied, we need to fill our hands with something else. We have to take on the identity of something else or else through the guise of something spiritual, something will try to fill our hands for us. Through the guise of something that looks spiritual in nature, it will actually not be spiritual in nature. So what I'm going to choose to carry now is the cross. I'm going to lift up, I'm going to take on the mantle of the cross. I'm going to, okay, God, I'm denying myself. I'm putting my head under submission, and I'm putting the yoke of what you've called me to do and to be, I'm putting that on myself now. 
I recognize, Lord, that there's a burden on me. There's a burden on me. And it's not the burden of guilt or shame or even sin. But there is a burden. You know what the burden is? It's the, care, it's the weight of the cross. Now the weight that should be on our backs is the weight of the cross through the yoke of submission underneath the word. See, the, the yoke's connected to the plow. The yoke's connected to what we're pulling. The yoke's connected to what we're carrying. It's not just a yoke, just for yoke's sake. There's something that, we're, that we are bringing with us as we move forward, and this is the process that we carry it with. And what we're doing is we are, we're not allowing ourselves to be deceived by high-sounding nonsense or foolishness or man-made rot or rote. Rote? Rot? See, when we worship God, when we are serving God, what we're not allowing ourselves to do is to just get into spiritual calisthenics. This, oh, I'm doing something. I'm sweating, so now I must be doing, boy, something's working, I don't know. Must be that triple shot of coffee I had out there, but man, something's working. Y'all with me? We're carrying the cross. We're carrying the cross. We're taking up the cross. We're taking up what God's commanded us to take up. And it's a daily image that every day we do it. If you carry, if the goal is to get the cross from that side of the building to this side of the building, and yesterday you carried it to there, you're not done. We're carrying it again. And we're carrying it, we're trying to get closer and closer and closer to what God's called us to get to. And the, what we're trying to get co- close to isn't just some goal, isn't just some thing, isn't just some number. It's communion with Him and it's service with His people. And you know what the great thing about that is? That never ends. We get closer and closer with communion of God. That's the goal. The goal isn't to just have it one time and then be done. It's communion and fellowship with God. It's not just service for people one time. It's eternal process of service for God's people. That's what we've been called to. That's the abundant life, and that's what we're carrying when we pick up the cross. That's how the power's activated is through us deciding to carry the cross. But then, but then the power is actually delivered in our last step, and that's this. It's what he says. He says, follow me. Follow me. Some people pick up their cross, and they just... No vision, no direction. A lot of churches, no vision, no direction. They got a cross, and I truly believe that they've laid down... But there's no direction or where they're going with what they're doing. We're to follow him. We're to follow him. And we're not trying to get these things out of order either. To following God and you're trying to carry your cross and carry your old dead self on. And you're trying to carry both things with. It's not going to work. You're going to trip. You're going to burn out. Lay down the old man. That gives you the the power and the strength to carry the cross and then follow Christ where he's leading you in the direction of that the Holy Spirit is commanding you guys to go together. This is the process. This is the way. This is the way. 
There's not another one to do. I'll tell you what, actually, there's plenty of ways that you can do it. There's only one that will actually help you get to where you're trying to be all that you're called to be. Listen, church, I, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not speaking this in condemnation. I, I need you guys to know I am not putting down the church. We need the church. We need church people. We need what we're doing here and across the country. We, Pastor Ashley, just talking about today with what's going on in our, in our countries with our leaders. But it has to start with us. It has to. We can't wait on them. We cannot. We cannot wait for there to be a government ruling to tell us what to do or else we're just really just waiting on government to tell us what to do and everything. The thing that governs each and every single one of us is this mandate on God when we're saying, I want to be your disciple, Lord. I want to be, I want to be counted in with the sheep. I don't want to be counted in with the goats. I don't want to be all hat. Then what we're saying is, God, I want to be your disciple. We've got to deny ourselves. We've got to carry our cross. We've got to follow him. We've got to deny ourselves. We've got to carry our cross, and we've got to follow him. The last thought I want to leave you with is this. God is not looking for any more politicians. Think Pastor Ashley and Michelle and Mel and Rick can all attest to that. God's not looking for another politician. God's not really interested in more presidents. He's not interested in any more kings and any more queens. He doesn't need any more managers. He doesn't need any more supervisors. He doesn't need any more people seeking lofty titles or people trying to create a persona or a perception above what they're actually made of. You want to know what, what, what God's looking for, what he's really looking for? is workers. Laborers, harvesters. Last passage of scripture I want to give you today. Matthew 9, 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his, into his harvest field. Listen, God, God, I think we think, well, if we just get the right president in there, if we can just get the right guy in there, if we can just get the... Again, it's just, I'm not saying that wouldn't be beneficial. Like, let's all vote Christian. I, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever. Vote Christian. But God don't need another, that's not the only way God's looking to move. You hear me? It, oh, man, what are we going to do if Trump don't get it? Same thing God's only been doing since the beginning that the world was made when the, when the whole thing wasn't even set up yet. What are we going to do if we don't get a king in here? What, they're saying that in the Old Testament. What are we going to do if we got the wrong king? God's not interested in any of that. All God's looking for is some people that, that'll put their hats in the box and unbox God and let him move and be. So we need to, we need to put our, our, our pretend stuff away. Let's, let's put that away. That's goofy. Let's get God out of the box and let him move and be. And, and let's let that be bigger than the persona or what we think. Y'all, y'all with me this morning? I, I really hope that this comes today not as condemnation. I want it to come as an encouragement and what we all have to be on the lookout for in our own lives. Let's put this away. There's no power in that. It's just pretend. It's just pretend. The real life is in Unboxing God, letting him move, letting him be who he says he is. Let him be realer 
than the persona that we've made up. Let's let him be realer than the persona that we've made up. I'm just telling you, it's so much better. It's so much better. Thank you for being part of our podcast today. You'll find more online messages from Christian Ministries Church, as well as location information on our website at cmchurch.net. There's a place for you at Christian Ministries Church, where it's more than a church, it's family.